Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. As always, my name is Brent Terhune, and joining me, it's it's been a long time coming. The reunion is finally happening. Mr. Bradley Scott. Live from Red Curb Unknown. Well, and to fill everybody in, Brad and I did a podcast, a wrestling podcast called WrestleMania uh, for two, almost three years, I think. Uh, so we're back in the saddle again, as Steven Tyler from Aerosmith would say. It's available on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. <laughs> That's how starving for content they are. They went back to a podcast from three years ago. And, and I'm uh, just starving. <laughs> well, uh, our topic at hit. Well, actually, plug your social media first. Um, yeah, all social media is found at uh, Brad Scott Comedy. And uh, come on down to Brad Scott Comedy, have yourself a time. There's, you see a lot of friendly faces everywhere. And some would say they're humble folks, you know, without temptation. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going down to South Park this episode because. Our topic is the most controversial South Park episode. So, I uh, went online, did some research. Uh, there's a you know a bunch of episodes that are kind of the consensus that these are the most controversial. Of course, controversy is in the eye of the offended, I believe. Um, but to quote uh, Eric Bischoff from WCW, controversy creates cash, and that's definitely what South Park has done. Yeah, and I hope you used quotation, hand quotations for this audio medium when you said controversial, because I disagree with, with uh, this so-called list. Well, and and that's you know, some you some back some of that you look back and you realize that wasn't very controversial, and then some I still I can I you know I'm not offended by much you know, and I'm I venture to say that you're not either, but you can also relate to. You're not like, offended by your dead brother. Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> there it is, classic. <laughs> but it's like uh, I can see why some certain people would uh, see why that's offensive. But we'll get into that. Um, what's your uh, whole history with South Park? So I actually remember, like the first episode that I saw, and how and everything else. Uh, I'm old as uh, F. Am I allowed to yeah, say you- fuck? On your show? Uh, we'll bleep that and we'll bleep all... No, you can say whatever you want. So, I'm old We're about to talk as... the most controversial South Park episodes. I hope this is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm old as frick. Mm-hmm. This is me choosing not to go blue. And you know, I want to be more available for corporate podcasts. <laughs> but um, I was in, I think, 6th or 7th grade. And that was like... I didn't even have... I did not have Comedy Central. Yeah. I didn't have that channel, so I had heard about South Park, um, you know, on the playground. And where you I'm spent very most of your days? <laughs> yes, uh, you know, playing b-ball. I was getting on the Fresh Prince team, but we'll run that in the ground. <laughs> so um, I remember hearing about South Park, but I'd never seen it. And then my mom had a VHS tape in the top of uh, her closet. And I, my mom used to have to work like two jobs a lot when I was younger. And so I would be home after school by myself a lot. And, you know, I was creeping around there and I was like, oh, it's probably porn. So I went to get that and pop it in. And it was. It was comedy porn. It was <laughs> the Mr. Hanky uh, episode from like season one. 
I was getting ready and, to say that it was porn because anytime anybody would sneak through their parents' stuff, you'd be like, oh, this is the tape my dad doesn't want me or my mom to know about. <laughs> it is not, it's yeah, because it's with his other girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> my mom wasn't, my mom didn't do a lot of fucking. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, that's not what she told me. Oh, snap. Are well, you my dad? While we were having it, yeah, I'm I'm younger than you, but somehow still your father. <laughs> <laughs> that is some powerful semen, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's that is some Michael J. Fox back in time semen. You re- so you remember those VHS copies? I remember when they would. Well, like... this was taped off TV. Oh, okay. Because I remember, like, you remember they would have like instead of like when they did before they did seasons, they would just have like here's a three episode VHS. And it would yeah, cost it like forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, now this was a VHS like tape from Comedy Central, and uh, I think my aunt and my uncle uh, loaned it to my mom because they were like, "Oh, you got to watch this show." Because they don't know my mom, who was not finding that funny at all. <laughs> but I was hooked instantly. Like I remember, it was then like a year or two later, where cable became much more abundant. Like everybody had it, and Comedy Central was available in all the like normal cable mm-hmm. packages. And I mean, I was saying since, like it is, it is probably, it's in my top three favorite shows of all time. It may be my number one. Well, I mean, if we're talking your top three, then we got to know what the other two are. That'll be for the Patreon episode. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, Seinfeld and uh, Sopranos. Okay. Uh, I've watched the Sopranos about once a year and, and my wife, uh, you know, Raisha is her name, but, uh, for the listener, but uh, we just rewatched Seinfeld uh, in the past year, and man, does it still hold up? And there's some, it's I think it's Not moving to Netflix. Well, yeah, season one is kind of, but Garbage. I, don't, I don't really count that. But um, you know how, well, you know how like people always like whenever you uh, watch anything like a documentary about Seinfeld or the creating of it, uh, they're always like, NBC didn't want this show. At first. And I'm like, yeah, because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> and then it became like, one of the best comedies. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you got to grow, and NBC had the foresight. I feel like we should be giving NBC more credit, not rubbing it in their face that they almost canceled a trash show. Give them credit for letting it grow. It, was, it turned into literally one of the best shows of all time. Uh, but, I mean, even even a couple of those later seasons when Larry David left, you can you can feel it. You can You can tell... You know, when Larry David had heavily uh, was heavily involved, and when he left, because it became a little more clichéic and formulaic. I you can uh, now watching so much Seinfeld recently. I've become I've been able to like come up with Larry David George Costanza esque problems. Like whenever I get like a bowl of soup at a restaurant, and the 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 bowl is uh, shallow, it's not like oh, a lot bullshit. of soup. Yeah, where you like you know George would be like that's a shallow bowl and you know it. So do you remember my ex girlfriend, uh, former executive producer turned heel Molly Smith? Thanks for bringing her up. <laughs> She's not dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I haven't put my plan into motion. No, she uh, she always claimed that I was Larry David, and she had a specific example that she would like use to point this out to people. And it was one day we went to a Bob Evans. It was our favorite like breakfast restaurant, right? Yeah. We are the only two people in there. It's like really early. It just opened up. There's no one else there. We're literally the only two people there. 
And the server tries to seat us at like a middle table with chairs. And so I politely said, excuse me, would it be okay if we uh, sat in this booth that was literally right next to it? And she goes, sure. <laughs> yeah. I hate the word sure. It's so fucking rude and dismissive. So I said to her, oh, are you going to be our waitress? And she goes, uh, no, why? And I go, oh, because I want somebody who's not rude. Oh. And my, as soon as she walked away, Molly's like, we have to leave now. We cannot eat here. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just did that. And I was like, well, she was the one that was rude in the first place. Like, if the, the worst part of it is we weren't even her responsibility. And then Molly said, sure. <laughs> well played. Sure. You know, you know, you know, you see there on the end of that story, you putting a little bow. <laughs> now it's ready, for, ready for Christmas. Uh, we literally never ate at that Bob Evans again. And that they probably still have your picture up on the wall, and it just under it says the word "sure" in quotes. <laughs> sure, guy. Uh, well, you you mentioned uh, the the Mister Hanky episode, and when I think back. It's not it's not offensive, but I've you know, I've watched that episode, you know, in the past couple of years and I just can't believe that a show has been on for 22, 23 years, whatever it's been. And one of their first hits was a talking piece of poo that had a Christmas uh, Santa hat on and would jump <laughs> around the screen and it would leave footprints of poo on everything and say, howdy ho. <laughs> And, and and all my friends ahead, loved it. We all loved it. Well, that's the only way you're going to top your very first piece of content, which is a fight between Jesus and Santa Claus for who is the real representative of Christmas. Yeah. Well, and then and then the, the first episode uh, having a whole spaceship come out of Cartman's ass. Oh my! See that Seinfeld Chronicles never. Had a spaceship come out of George's ass. <laughs> Jerry, I'm telling you, it's back there. <laughs> Kramer busts in and runs into yeah, buddy. Oh, you needed to get that looked at. <laughs> uh, but just, uh, I guess South Park is one of those shows that's been, it's been on for so long, but it's also been, you know, controversial, but also has never not pushed the envelope. So, now even better term. what's that better term push better, the because okay. like i felt like the, oh, so the actual issue i had with the list that you sent me was that i felt like I, I do think some of those episodes were controversial or push the envelope is probably better but i felt like they didn't have the most controversial pushing the envelope episode listed we'll get to that later but yeah i agree with you they've all that's been their thing and it's kind of why i think we give them a break when they do anything, like it's at the point now we're so desensitized to them going places, they can't shock us anymore. Yeah, well, and I, I, you know, <clears throat> we'll we can start with this point, but I remember when the South Park movie Bigger, Longer, and Uncut came out, and I, I was I would, the theater. I would watch the show on TV, but my mom wouldn't let me go see the movie, and eventually I did. There's only been like two movies in my life where my mom said no, and she's been pretty lenient. It was the South Park movie, and it was. Uh, I think scary movie. Her and I watched it, 
and at the very beginning, a guy starts to get a blowjob in the back of a car, and you can <laughs> imagine how pleasant that was to watch with uh, my mom. So she was like, no, we're not watching this. Did you go from six to midnight? Uh, you, if, if you're saying I got a boner, then you bet I did. No. <laughs> One, and then, uh, how old were you? Um, I don't know when, when the movie came out. I can Google yeah, it. Yeah, she wouldn't let you do it. Because I um, think it came out in like 98, maybe 99. Yeah, it was something around there. I just Google it. It came out in 99. So I was 10. Okay, so damn. I was. So you, your mom's a really good mom. We know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's now making me think I may not be the best father because my son, uh, Daniel Charlie, who's 12 now, owned that DVD <laughs> like eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well,. It's also times have changed, it. and you if, if your kid understands there's a time and place for that language and it's not at school or around other adults, then it's whatever, you know? Yeah, and he knew he couldn't, you know, he knew those dicks were just, you know, animated. As <laughs> long as it wasn't real dicks. Uh, yeah, but don't remember that they had animated penises. That's yeah. pushing the envelope. Well, animated boobs, too. Yeah, but I mean, boobs, you've seen all types of movies. Even most R-rated movies, with the exception of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, don't have the balls, pun intended, to put a penis. Yeah, and well, and there's a lot, a lot more uh, male penis, if I could say that, male penis in movies nowadays. What's the alternative to a male penis? <laughs> That's that was the joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm just I remember, you know, South Park used to be, I think it was always on Wednesdays, but it was always like 10 o'clock. They couldn't show it any sooner, uh, and they they couldn't even show the reruns before then. And and nowadays, you just turn on South Park or Comedy Central at like 4 in the afternoon, and you're like, oh, South Park's on, right? When kids are at school. Cable cutting. Yeah. Well, and- everybody, Comedy Central started for content. They're like, fuck it, put some dicks on in the afternoon. Puts, put some of the hits on. Uh, in the United States, South Park is mainly rated TVMA. However, starting in uh, 2017, uncut airings of South Park and Comedy Central have been receiving a TV 14. So even th- the censors are more lax. There's a couple episodes which we'll talk about that still remain TVMA. Doesn't that feel weird? Because doesn't it feel like we've regressed in that way as a society? It feels like we've because like it. I remember growing up in like the 90s and stuff. It was all about pushing them up. The reason Married with Children was such a huge success was because they were the sitcom that wasn't afraid to do the dirty stuff and to be vulgar. And everybody was all about, you know, pushing that uh, to the limit. And then it felt somewhere after uh, Janet Jackson's City popped out, we all started <laughs> to kind of move backwards towards that. So I do find that interesting that, you know, the, the TV rating went down. Yeah, it, I don't know what it's what it is about. That was in two thousand four. I just looked it up. Uh, was the was the nipple, but uh, which the wasn't titty. even a nipple. Um, but yeah, it's it's just weird. That's like in censorship. That's like the nine eleven moment <laughs> where where you're like you remember when you, you remember where you were when Janet Jackson uh, popped out. Do you remember where you were? I think Alan Jackson's written a song about I got some uh, We're going to donate all the proceeds to black titties across America. (laughs) Thank you, Alan Jackson. (laughs) 
brother. <laughs> it gets hotter You're than welcome. a hoochie coochie down there on the Chattahoochee. Hey, 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 we're not doing hoochie coochie. We're donating to black kids. <laughs> Uh, the conservative advocacy group Parents Television Council has frequently criticized South Park for, quote, over-the-top vulgar content and tastelessness, condemning the show as uh, curdled, uh, malo... Uh, I looked this up earlier, now I don't know how to say this word. Uh, malo, uh, malodorous, black hole of Comedy Central vomit. And, of course, malodorous is, like, uh, bad-smelling. So, of course, they're describing... Oh, that's smelling marshmallow, but that's yeah. all the reasons I love that show. Yeah, uh, Sugar... They're not wrong. They're not wrong, but it's all the reasons I love it. Yeah, well, they're, uh, there's one of these quotes said it has no artistic value, which I highly disagree with. Insane. They have not watched the past, what, four seasons when they've been doing season-long arcs? Yeah. That show has continuously reinvented itself. That's why I think it's possibly the greatest show in history, because... Find me a really bad episode of South Park. It can't be done. Yeah, there's been ones where I've t- I've been at the credits. I've been like, okay, but you also have to understand that they make the show in a week. Yeah, but is that also is that maybe you going? It's not that great of a show, or are you comparing it on the South Park scale? Yeah, you got to. I'm comparing it to the hits, which that's how we all exactly. compare stuff, which is unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there's a single episode that you would look at and go, it's bad i think almost every other tv show you could find an episode where you go oh that's just a bad episode of tv not for that franchise but for tv and i don't think south park has one of those uh that that same parents television council uh two episodes that we'll talk about but here's their reasoning for not liking it the episode it hits the fan where they say the word shit a bunch is just because they say the word shit and then the up other episode that we won't talk about is called Proper Condom Use because it depicts teaching sex education to children. Oh, that's a very American way to think. Yeah, not because it talks about sex. It's because it teaches kids about sex. Someone should. <laughs> and Yeah, before, uh, yeah. Uh, Canadian sex judge and... A Canadian judge in Calgary uh, has described South Park as, quote, vulgar, a socially irrelevant program that contributes nothing to society and action for Christians television. I always love these groups because, you know, it's like one one lady that doesn't have a job. So she forms a group and then all her friends do it like she's selling Tupperware or something. Yeah, I don't even think she's from Calgary because she didn't say A at the end of that. <laughs> well, that that was a judge. So, uh, but th- this is the other one. Uh, Peggy uh, Charon claimed that the show's use of language and racial slurs represents the depravity of Western civilization, and that it's quote dangerous to the democracy. Good, we need that right now. It's it's so weird when you hear people condemn certain shows, and I just picture her anybody with like pearls on or glasses clutching something like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're saying these things. It's, it's Reverend Lovejoy's wife from the Simpsons when she's like, <laughs> won't somebody think of the children? <laughs> Can I, you know whose opinion I am? I'm not interested in their opinions on the show. You know whose opinion I am interested in on South Park? Who? The angry redneck. <laughs> uh, he both agrees and disagrees at the same time, depending <laughs> on what they're talking about. 
Cartman has something come out of his ass, and that pisses me off. <laughs> I can't believe they're teaching sex ed to kids. Teach them to be gay and put probes up their ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, because an alien up your ass means you're gay. <laughs> Not realizing that the bigger picture is that there's aliens. <laughs> Does the alien have boobies? Then it's gay. <laughs> Well, our our first episode is probably one of the most well-known ones, uh, Season 9, 2005, Trapped in the Closet. Uh, oh, when, in my top five. Yeah, Stan Marsh is recognized as the reincarnation of Scientology's uh, founder, L. Ron Hubbard, before denouncing the church as nothing more than a, quote, big, fat, global scam. So we have Tom Cruise as the representative and, and of course, gets trapped in the closet, uh, along with John Travolta. Oh, my God. Uh, and R. Oh Kelly, God. uh, and then probably my favorite part of this episode, <laughs> and then I pull out my gun. Who who would have thought at that time? I mean, I guess John Travolta is not that controversial, but you look back and you realize they're making fun of Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Depends and on which not, massage therapist you ask. Yeah, yeah, well, and and not and not really uh, talking about R. Kelly at that point that much, besides his song. Well, that's so okay. Um, I was talking to Shoemaker about this and I was showing him the list and he was like, I don't know if that episode is that controversial. And I was like, eh, there weren't a lot of people talking about Tom Cruise and John Travolta being gay. And like you said, the R Kelly thing, I mean, I, what year does it say what year that episode came out? 2005. So that may have been right before, right after Nipplegate. Right well, no, I'm saying, but that may have been right before, right around the time that Chappelle did piss on you. Okay, yeah. I'd... Which is like the only other, I remember, big mainstream kind of show or whatever that was addressing that topic. Yeah, before, you know, really, there was a whole special of, you know, uh, R. Kelly peeing on women and underage girls. Yeah, if you defend R. Kelly still, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, he's He's got some good songs. He's got some good songs. Oh, no, you can defend music all day. I separate the <laughs> artist from the art. But if you're trying, there's people that still think he's innocent. It's just all these people setting him up. It's like, no, literally the entire city of Chicago was like, nah, that motherfucker goes to this McDonald's. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that he went to the same McDonald's to pick up high school. He took two girls who were at McDonald's with their prom dates. They yeah. left, they, they arrived in a prom limo and left in an R. Kelly trap limo. Well, and the, there was the one girl that met him during his first accusation trial, and then a year later was the next victim. <laughs> met him at yeah. outside the trial. Yeah, like, dude, just baby, go five miles the other way. <laughs> Set your Tinder settings to 18 plus. What do you think that conversation was like for those two prom dates, by the way, when they had to explain to their their male dates what they were doing, like... Well, uh, also, I, I, how do you think the conversation was for the guys? Like, man, our dates left us, and all their friends were like, what? And then they were like, it was R. Kelly. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. In fact, the, I bet you somebody was like, oh, did R. Kelly show up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, that, that's like uh, Debo and Friday when they tell everybody when Debo's around, they're like, hey, R. Kelly's coming around. <laughs> Instead of tucking in their chains, they're tucking in their 13-year-old girls. Mr. Steal your girl. Uh, they put on gray wigs to look older. <laughs> uh, pedophilia. Isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
refreshing. My favorite part of the this trapped in the closet episode is the whole story of Scientology, which I I didn't know, but uh, they tell the story of Zeno, uh, Zenu, sorry, a story of Scientology normally attempted to keep confidential until you pay enough money to the church to actually hear the story. I learned about Scientology from this episode. That's the thing is so many, there's a quote, uh, controversial, but I'm also like, I, I didn't know about Scientology till South Park. Well, and, and everything they said about Scientology was factually correct. It's what Scientology was saying. It wasn't like that whole sequence where they're showing the story of Scientology. They put at the bottom this is real. This is what this Scientology... Is, it's so far-fetched that aliens would come down and their souls get ripped out, and they had to put, this is what they actually, actually believe. Yeah, the show that had a probe coming out of a kid's ass had to be like, no, 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 we understand why you would think we make this up. <laughs> no, this is real. It, yeah, it, that's... It's also weird, because everybody, you know, a lot of people are like, Scientology, oh, that's so crazy. But then you're like, well, the thing that you believe is also crazy. You just have believed it longer. Yeah, all religion is dumb. It's yeah, it's very where you're like it's all fake. Well, uh, Brad, let's not ruffle too many feathers on this fake podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, then uh, I I guess I start with this trapped in the closet episode because uh, oh I, wait, you don't want to be controversial on this podcast. No, I I want to uh, be a slave to our corporate sponsors in China, which we will talk about. I'm very sorry, Miandi. <laughs> uh, uh, DDPY promo code. I'm pissed off. <laughs> it's all yeah. The promo code's always I'm pissed off. Um, but this trapped in the closet episode was kind of the result of Isaac Hayes leaving. Was the rumor uh, because he was a Scientologist? Was it the other way around. What? What do you mean? The result of the episode was him leaving, right? That's How you what said I, it? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, he left because they, they did that episode. Because he didn't he like go to him and say, "I you can't mock my beliefs," and they were like, "Dude, you believe a fucking alien <laughs> stole yeah. people's souls," and he was like, "No, but for real, walk on by." Which he <laughs> walk on he uh, he had a stroke around this time, and I and there are conf- conflicting uh, rumors, but. There were people that were kind of speaking for him when he wasn't able to. In 2016, the oral history of South Park, uh, his son Isaac Hayes III confirmed that the decision to leave the show was made by Hayes' entourage uh, while Hayes was unable to make the decision. But also, it, you know, there are other rumors that a lot of people in Scientology were encouraging him to leave. So who knows what the, the real deal was, but this is a... It was, you know, 2005, so I think the show had been on for at least seven, eight years. One of the most popular characters on the show, and then they're just like, oh, you don't want to go along with this episode? Bye. Well, and this is what I love about South Park, and this to me is like, this is what is so great about them. And I know another episode we're going to talk about, and it's going to come back up, but after he did that, they did an entire episode where they just used sound clips of Chef. And he goes to join the, whatever, the North American Traveling Man-Boy man Lovers. Yeah. And uh, at the end, ends up getting ripped apart by a bunch of uh, uh, mountain lions shitting himself and then uh, uh, turned into Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, where it, uh, it's, 
I love it when he's like, this is not right, children. Where it's clearly sound clips from uh, Seven Seasons. Yeah, the best is like, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, where it's clearly not uh, one take, but yeah, where they were willing to, you know, essentially sacrifice this character for something that they believed in. And, And there's a controversy called Closet Gate where Comedy Central was scheduled to rebroadcast the episode but it was replaced by Chef Chocolate Salty Balls. Because <laughs> uh, I guess Comedy Central, uh, their parent company, Viacom, also owns Paramount, who is distributing Mission Impossible 3, starring Tom Cruise. Okay, and you know what? It, this is a good point then, uh, to talk about this, um, because I think the biggest omission from that list, the most controversial episode they've ever done, is the... Uh, Prophet Muhammad episode. Yeah, well, we'll and, talk about that too. Oh, we are. I didn't see yeah. it on the list. Uh, may, and maybe I added it later. I don't know. Well, and the other one I want to uh, touch on too, real quick, because I'm going to forget. But uh, Cartman feeding Scott Turnerman his parents. Yes, Isaac Hayes was on board with that. Yeah, where and I don't know if that was post him leaving the show or not, but just that didn't even make the list of Cartman feeding a kid his own parents. <laughs> that's when you're actually controversial yeah yeah uh people are like oh yeah i forgot a kid fed another kid his parents uh that that episode trapped in closet was so controversial they actually had to apologize so anytime matt stone and trey parker have to apologize it's always entertaining because it's definitely they don't care so Here's their apology. So, Scientology, you may have won this battle, but the million-year war for Earth has just begun. <laughs> Temporarily, and I don't even know if this is a real word or a typo, Anonizing, so that may be a Scientology term. Our episode will not stop us from keeping Thetans uh, forever trapped in, our, in your pitiful man bodies. Curses and drat. <laughs> you have obstructed us for now, but your feeble bid to save humanity will fail. Hail Zenu. <laughs> God, I fucking love those guys, man. They, they, they may be the most principled show in the history of television as well, because they've never, they've never given in. And if they're going to do any sort of for appearances or whatever, giving in, it's always their way. Yeah. And it's because they're the biggest show in comedy central's history. I mean, that, that, those are the bricks that built that, that channel, and they knew that. I mean, what was Comedy Central actually going to do if they went against them? Yeah, like, oh. you're not fucking getting rid of South Park. Yeah, get rid of South Park and go to MTV or, uh, you know, Adult Swim or any other channel that will have you in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, I can't wait till uh, South Park just says fuck Comedy Central altogether when, you know, all the cable cut- cutting gets to a point where cable as we know it disappears and they can have their own fucking streaming service and they can do completely unedited uncensored episodes of south park well i think that's one of the reasons they kept it going they kind of have that now with south south park studios where you can watch episodes for free because i think that their deal essentially with south worth comedy central was like all right we we won't make a ton of money on this up front but we want all the digital rights and they saw that before anybody else did Oh yeah, they're definitely they've been ahead of the game in every aspect. I mean, they are they are the 
the uh, you know the Michael Jordans of like comedy in a way. I mean, everything they've ever done has been great. The big, the one thing that I think people would try to use against them, you know, would be basketball, and that's a good fucking movie. I think it's funny, but it's not the best work. But I still appreciate it. Again, but that's like their worst, and it's still pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even think that that was their initial idea. I think they just kind of starred in it, maybe. I'd have to look at that, because I was researching that as well a long time ago. Well, they, like, uh, I mean, even Chappelle, who I think is the greatest stand-up comedian in history. He's my all-time favorite. I think he's the GOAT. Chappelle's show had some misses. There were some sketches that, that were some misses. Yeah, but, you know, you have to look at it. It's like you said, even on his worst day, that's probably somebody's best. No, 100%. And and I guarantee, like, it's like maybe four total misses throughout the entire run of the series. But I'm thinking, like, South Park has zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got to keep it moving right along, as the Muppets would say, Brad. Uh, season 7, episode time 12. time to play the music? Yes. Uh, let's light the lights. Season 7, episode 12, November 19th, the episode All About Mormons. Uh, Stan befriends the new kid in school, Gary, and his family, who are uh, Mormon, are so nice that Stan's family becomes Mormon, uh, as they would later do in the Scientology Trapped in the Closet episode. Parker and Stone animate the actual history of the religion, revealing the absurdity of its origin mythology, implicitly criticizing followers for believing such nonsense through the Harrisons, the the family, uh, also depicting their incredibly kind, moral people. The Latter-day Saints uh, Church issued a statement calling the episode, quote, gross, but stopped short of demanding an apology. That's how nice they are. Uh, Or the cancellation of reruns. (laughs) On a side note, when Parker and Stone took their Mormon uh, jokes to Broadway years later with the smash hit Book of Mormon, the church provided uh, proved itself a good sport by taking out playbill ads with the headline, you've seen the play, now read the book. <laughs> well done. Yeah, so you got a sense of humor about it. And, I mean, the the short of just saying what the, they believe in and then having – because last night I kind of watched – I tried to watch all of these on Hulu. They're 22 minutes, so you can watch a lot of them. But, uh, you know, there's the – in the scenes where they're describing what they believe and there's the music dum da dum 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 you know saying yes. of course that what they believe is dumb uh which we've discussed could be all religions but uh it it was a fun episode and if the the worst thing you can say is your beliefs are dumb but also your your fans are so nice <laughs> your believers are so nice like it's not terrible Dude. well that's like uh so have you ever been to Austin, Texas? Uh, no. So in Austin, Texas, they have these birds called grackles. All right. And you should like look them up on YouTube. They're these like really aggressive birds. They look like ravens or crows, but they also will like work in cohesion and communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And they will dive bomb people and to like steal their food and stuff. And um, this last summer, uh, I was in Austin for a week. And at the beginning of the week, I was looking for some open mics, and I found one that was in an outdoor uh, uh, place. And as I was going out the door to, like, the patio area where the open mic was, on the, like, door, it said, beware of uh, the grackles. So I was like, what? The fuck is a grackle? 
That sounds and, uh, like something like, uh, a character says in like the Dark Crystal. Yeah, if you're saying like it's like a mythological Muppet that they got running around here, and uh, I go outside and I ask them, and they're like, "Oh, these birds will blah." And then I saw them in action, and these motherfuckers run that town. But the people in Austin are so nice that they, you know, they were like, "No, we'll just live amongst the grackles and we'll tell people <laughs> to be careful and beware." Whereas you know damn well the first bird that steals a French fry in Indiana goes extinct the next week. Yeah. Yeah, where if the worst thing you can say about people in Austin is they are very nice, it's not the worst thing ever. No, and uh, by the way, also your religion is pretty fucking dumb. Is if you get mad at someone who's making fun of your religion by literally just explaining what you believe as your religion. Yeah. How dare you tell me what I believe? <laughs> yeah, because it's not like they're making that up. They're literally just again, just like with Scientology, going by facts, and those people are like, hey. You can't make fun of that. They can be like, "Well, technically, we're not." And uh, and I can't attest. I just, I mean, I've I'd never been to Utah except you know till a week ago, two weeks ago, and you know it has a lot of Mormons. And uh, of course, I didn't say, "Are you a Mormon? Are you a Mormon?" But everybody in Utah was so nice uh, that I I can't dispute that some of them were probably Mormon and they were very nice. Also, I were learned, you around Rudy Gobert? Who? Were you around Rudy Gobert? Uh, I don't know who that is. It's the center for the Jazz that was the first athlete with coronavirus that set off all this shit. Oh, yeah. Well, come to think of it, we did open mouth kiss. Ah, so it was the black Frenchman? Yeah. Oh, so now it's like the Skype call isn't enough distance. <laughs> um, I did also notice that in, in Salt Lake City... Uh, the big drink around town because I th- I don't think Mormons drink caffeine or they you know they don't drink soda essentially is they were pushing the limeade. Limeade that sounds like it's a music festival to benefit limes. Yeah, like guys, you these limes are dying. We gotta have a benefit for the limes. What was limeade? I didn't even have it, so but like I think it's like a lemonade. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think that's what it is. So is there like an extra kick to limes over lemons, and that's why it's like the closest to caffeine? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't drink any, which I should have in hindsight, but I'm also like, you know there's lemonade, right? Like, Yeah, but if you would have done that, then you would have been reading plates. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how they get you. It's the, it's the limeade. You're literally <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> don't drink the limeade. Uh, our next episode is another religion-based episode. You'll find that there, there's a trend of religion-based episodes and uh, words or profanity-based episodes. Uh, the one that came to mind when I thought of controversial and made me laugh really hard last night was the one called Bloody Mary from Season 9, Episode oh my 14. God. <laughs> Top here's, three. Here's the synopsis. Randy gets a DUI uh, and is court-ordered to go to AA meetings where he, f- <clears throat> he finds out that he's an alcoholic and it's a disease. So in order to uh, fix the disease... In a town not far away, there's a statue of the Virgin Mary who has been, uh, quote, I'm reading this from the synopsis, begun bleeding out of its ass. (laughs) And the Catholics have seen that as a miracle. So Randy wants to get cured of of alcoholism by getting bled on by the statue. And his transformation when he finds out that he has a disease is to shave his head, shave his head, 
have poor posture, have a blanket on him while he's sitting in a wheelchair drinking beer nonstop. Stan! I have a disease that is very sick. Stan! He goes from, you know, just being a an able-bodied guy walking around to, to looking you know, like squirrel killer. <laughs> squirrel killer, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I noticed there were a couple episodes whenever Stan will grab the bridge of his nose and look down at the floor. Yes. <laughs> it's, and it's well, always, like, in response to Randy. I mean, Randy Marsh, to me, is a neck-and-neck battle with George Costanza, possibly the greatest television show character of all time. Randy Marsh is phenomenal. And that, my friends, was his, you know, that was kind of his coming out party. Like, yeah, that that episode. Is so even the beginning of that episode, when he gets in trouble for the drunk, drinking and driving, and he's like, what? What's the rise of America? <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's Randy uh, doing the thing that he's not supposed to, but defending it because this is America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he's driving in the car with him. Like, yeah, are you drinking and driving? No, I'm dry, uh, I'm driving and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys? Just, yeah. And um, the, even the Pope, when the Pope is like doing like the Bugs Bunny thing when he's looking into the asshole and he like kind of turns and, you know, just doot doot and his like eyes yeah. move up. Just so God, funny. Yeah, that episode's perfect. That and episode I, is perfect. I'm a former Catholic, so I probably saw this just right out of being Catholic or still Catholic, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. The statue is <laughs> shooting blood all over the Pope. Is that why you're former after that episode? Uh, it didn't didn't uh, help. I'll tell you that. But, uh, but <laughs> uh, just in case the blasphemous depiction of Catholic iconography, Jesus, uh, wasn't enough. Parker he... and Stone uh, timed the episode to air during the eve of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is a big deal. Uh, a centered on the Virgin Mary American watchdog group the Catholic League had uh, a conniption fit that's this article's word not mine demanding an apology and the permanent retiring of what they described as quote vile uh, episode but it wasn't just American Catholics who were offended a handful of religious organizations in New Zealand banded together and demanded unsuccessfully that the episode be pulled God, that is meta and that scene where Randy Marsh is, is uh, in the line to, to see the Virgin Mary and he looks at the kid with elephantitis. <laughs> we are the same, he and I. <laughs> yeah, where the kid can barely breathe and then he's in a self-induced wheelchair. Uh, yeah, ultimately. And that one security guy is like, my brother's an alcoholic. Put this man to the front of the line. Right, right away, sir. Uh, ultimately- and by the way, that's also not just going after Catholics. It's also going after the people who claim alcoholism is a disease. And Stan Marsh, and this is a, a theme kind of that runs, you know, throughout the series. Uh, usually, Stan or Kyle are, are like the voice of us. You know, like, hey, you don't have a disease. You just need to do it in moderation. Well, yeah, they break it down and say, "Oh, I learned something today," and then it's like that's Trey Parker just saying what he wanted to say. And then they were even so self-aware that they started making fun of that in later seasons. It's like, because Carmen would be like, oh, come on, Kyle, you're going to make one of your little gay little speeches. And then at the <laughs> end, Kyle would be like, damn it. <laughs> you're right. And it's also like those people, and it's, this is big in, in Catholicism, where you know something significant happened, and uh, apparently the, the Virgin Mary appeared here, and then now the water from this fountain will cure you. 
And w- whether it does or not, if you believe it and it works, then it I can't tell you that it doesn't work. But it's also like people will venture to uh, Lourdes uh, uh, in France, I think it is, where you get this bottle. And I remember Catholics being like, oh, here's my water from Lourdes, you know. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, like, Comedy uh, Central. Moon rock. What, like the what? Moon rocks. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, here's my moon rock. It's going to help me. And if, you know, if it helps you, by all means, go ahead. Uh, but <laughs> those moon rocks. If the power of those moon rocks to get you through the day, buddy. Uh, Comedy, Central, Comedy Central eventually gave in to Catholic Leeds demands, canceling the first scheduled rerun. And Viacom board member uh, Joseph Califano, a practicing Catholic, issued his own sternly worded... Oh, you don't say? Califano? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Sternly worded condemnation of the episode. However, in August the following year, the network re-aired the episode. And i that's one where uh, I read at the beginning of the show, I don't think they played that at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> they do now. This list should be called Comedy Central's A Bunch of Little Bitches. <laughs> well, let's not forget, they were the ones putting on this content, so at least they took the risk first. Yeah, but, d- dude... What I love about Trey and Matt, they stand behind that risk if they believe in it. That's true. And this one, this next one, we're going to talk about another religious-based episode. Uh, The episode's called 200 and 201, season 14, episodes 5 and 6 from April 14. That is the the prophet. Yeah, April 14 and 21, 2010. uh, And I tried to watch these, but they're not available on Hulu. Um, What? Yeah, they're... They're not because of the depiction, but... Um, oh, go fuck yourselves. Uh, all the uh, celebrities come back into town and sue South Park for defamation, but Tom Cruise promises they'll drop the lawsuit if he's granted a meeting with the Prophet Muhammad. The problem is Muhammad doesn't like the spotlight. You you won't find these episodes uh, anywhere online, though like other religions, Islam has been a frequent target of the show, and Muhammad has previously been depicted on season five uh, super best friends where I think all the religious figures are, uh, yeah. you know, super friends, uh, deemed too dangerous by comedy central after their, after their depiction of Muhammad, uh, prompted threats of violence and religious, uh, extremist online. The episode never reran and the network stopped streaming them online soon after their initial airings and they were pulled I was- from digital copies. So if you bought a digital copy, they pulled that from you. I was going to say like, they ha- they'd already shown the Prophet Muhammad before that episode, which was the whole fucking stupid part. And that's it's it's just so stupid. I would I would have more respect if it was Seth MacFarlane used his fucking power to have those episodes pulled because they take shots at Family Guy than the reason Comedy Central gave. Well, and there's that whole, there whole thing with um, I think it was Charlie Hebdo maybe in France where they drew. Muhammad, and then all those people got killed. So, in Comedy Central's defense, maybe they're trying to protect everybody that works at South Park. They're trying to get their building to not be bombed in L.A. or whatever it was, right or wrong. I'm just saying I get it. But I don't agree with you know. You I know, feel like the type of person that's working at those South Park studios would stand behind Matt and Trey and say, "No, we can't back down and let them win. We have to show this episode." And if those people are all okay with it. Fucking have some balls. Nothing was going to happen. 
I don't know. I mean, there's that people got murdered to that for a cartoon. So yeah, but they're not in L.A. They're still in Colorado, right? That's where the studios I think are. So. Yeah. Yeah, just, dude, it's just like Indianapolis. Indianapolis is never going to be the victim of a terrorist attack because it would. You can't fucking get this far into the country. Someone's going to stop the missile. Somebody's going to stop the body. It's not like you can just run into the comedy to the South Park Studios with a bomb on. Like, just take precautions to protect people, but fucking have some balls. Because then what happens is, and they talk about it through the episode. If if you don't, if you do back down, now you've given them the leverage to kind of call the shot. <laughs> it's and it's also weird because you know I don't know what the Prophet Muhammad looks like at this point. If he, you can't depict him anyway, who's to know what he looks like? But the, I don't. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not that well read with Islam. But it is weird because everybody knows what Jesus looks like. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has that one picture at your grandma's house. Uh, my grandma's house is the black Jesus. She's white. It's weird. Um, well, my grandfather actually, true story. My grandfather for Christmas one year got everyone and uh, our family uh, a, a stat- statue of Santa. Yeah. And the reason he got those uh, was because they were like super cheap. And the reason they were super cheap because they were black Santas. And I swear to God, because he's an old, bigoted piece of shit, he painted them white. He he put white face on the black Santa. White face on, yeah. yeah he actually made the Santa the problem. Like the Santa was the one that, you know was offensive. Can, um, can you believe that they had the balls to charge me less for these Santas that I had to paint? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even give me a discount on the paint. <laughs> uh, moving right along, uh, episode Hell on Earth 2006. Hold I, I on, came... real quick, back up. The last thing I want to say on that last episode, the fucked up thing is like, okay, with Mormons, with Scientology, Matt and Trey attack everyone. They've never... They don't, they don't even show liberal bias in a lot of episodes. They go after liberals. They go after anyone who's just an extremist one way or the other and is dumb. They, detract, they attack all religions. They attack all races. You can't, you can't be offensive if you're going after everyone. Well, that, I mean, it's not I, bullying. I don't disagree with you, but you tell that to uh, an extremist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, episode Hell on Earth, and this one is, uh, there's only one thing that was really controversial in this episode, uh, inspired by MTV's Super Sweet 16, Satan Plans a Blowout Halloween Party. Meanwhile, the boys summon Biggie Smalls from the dead, who's pissed (laughs) that he can't go to the party because it's much like, uh, Candyman or whatever you say, Biggie Smalls three times in the mirror. And I also like in the episode that when everybody that has died is in hell. So you get like, Oh yeah. Uh, what's, what was his name? Uh, uh, the Scorpio or the stingray dude. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the controversy, uh, was, uh, the Steve, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. This was like, that's a great joke. Less like two months or less after his death, he's walking around with a stingray hanging out of his chest. Well, and because I, the whole thing was Satan said, nobody could dress up like Steve Irwin. It's in bad taste. And then yeah. he sees, Steve Irwin's like, I said you can't wear that costume. He's like, oh, no, buddy, it is by Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where even when I was watching it, I think I watched this uh, as it aired, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like I'm like, this is a little soon after the guy just died like two months ago. Oh, it sent me from six to midnight, my friend. <laughs> uh, my Also, my favorite part of the episode is 
they have to go get uh, Satan his uh, big Ferrari cake. And uh, the people that are tasked <laughs> to do that are John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, and Jeffrey Dahmer, who turn into the Three Stooges. Stooges. Oh, it's so good. It's uh, so good. It's brilliant. So, the, you know, the controversy there is, of course, Steve Irwin uh, is dead. And too soon. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing him up. Thanks for bringing that up. The next one uh, is one that I watched, and it just made me laugh so hard. Uh, called "With Apologies to Jesse Jackson." Uh, oh yeah, season eleven, episode one, March seven, two thousand seven. Randy's on the wheel of fortune, and uh, he has to guess people who annoy me, and the letters <laughs> are N blank G G E R S. <laughs> and the the correct answer is naggers and what he says oh man i was gonna yell it and have you bleep it on the podcast <laughs> not actually yell it but i was gonna yell something and have you bleep it but yeah yeah it's so good so it goes on to you know randy is so i don't even know what the word you would say it is but he's so burdened with the tax ta- the the uh with being called the n-word guy that he's like it's it's it, you just don't know how hard it is to be constantly re be reminded of something from your past over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole, uh, when white people say, you know, especially white males, you don't know how hard it is to be a white male because I'm constantly thought of to be a racist. It's like, because fucking 65% of us are motherfucker. Get used to it. Like <laughs> just go out of your way to show you're not racist and misogynist and you'll be fine. Uh, also joined, um, with the, like a coalition of inward users, we had Michael Richards of Seinfeld fame, uh, Mark Furman, who I think said the, in the episode they said said the inward during the OJ trial, and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, oh, Mark Furman said like fifty times during the OJ trial. I know that that was kind of a little before I would I cared about you know a court case. Uh, so that one was the one I didn't really As know. As opposed to now, how invested you are in <laughs> court cases. Well. Uh, you know, when you're seven, it's hard to get behind a guy. I remember the Bronco driving, watching it on a big console TV at my grandma's house and not giving a shit. So. <laughs> I was in seventh grade when the verdict came out. And because I was in seventh grade and I was always a little, you know, they call it progressive now. But back then they called it rebellious. I cheered. And my entire class cheered when OJ was not guilty. Now I'm like, oh, I was an idiot. I didn't understand anything that happened in that trial. <laughs> you were also seven. So you're like, the juice is loose. Uh, I was I was seven in seventh grade. Uh, I I give you a lot of credit on this show, Brad. I am like Doogie Howser. How how so? Uh, I my my entertainment character is played straight, but people don't know. <laughs> I always thought that about you. Uh, the N word is uttered uh, unbleeped forty three times. The co founders of the NAACP uh, linked organization. Uh, the, this is the uh, the organization called Abolish the N-Word, praised the episode saying it helped to educate people on the power of the word and, quote, how it can feel to never uh, to have hate language directed at you. Only parents from the uh, television, uh, only people from the Parents Television Council, we heard from them before, uh, were uh, offended. In an astounding display of tone deafness, the founder, L. Brent Bozel, the very white founder, criticized the NAACP's praise of the episode and <laughs> and whined about the lack of protest compared to when the conservative radio host Don Imus used the word. 
So you know what? The, so you know I have a joke about race. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lengthy joke, and I've had a total, and I've done that joke, you know, with an evolution and everything for probably at least seven, eight years, and I have only had a total of three people. Say something to me after the show about that joke and saying that that joke is racist. Can you guess the race and age of those three people? Um, I'm going to go white people. And Good. I don't Correct. know, maybe 30 to 60. That's a big margin. but <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to just go like seven to 77. No, it's, <laughs> it's over 60. And the, the best one was when I was in Cleveland uh, <clears throat> at the Hard Rock. Uh, I do, I'm doing that joke, and by the way, the way, the reason they find it offensive and say it's racist is because I say the phrase "n-word." I never actually say the n-word. I say the phrase "n-word," and that's why they think it's the actual racist part of that joke uh, is when I do the "white men can't jump, white people can't swim." That's technically racist, but it's also pointing out the fact that the, the joke starts with white people quit getting offended for other people because it's insulting and it's annoying. And in Cleveland, uh, I was in the middle of that joke, and all of a sudden, I just heard. Uh, somebody yelled something, and so I stopped, and I go, what? Who who yelled something? And all of a sudden, I just hear, that's racist! <laughs> and I went, what? And, he, and this old white guy stands up and goes, you, sir, are a racist! And then he raised his left fist in the air. Oh, boy. And I said, you know, sit down, Larry King with AIDS. And everybody laughed. I went about it afterwards. I'm selling T-shirts, and uh, I didn't recognize him, right? Because you know how it is when you're looking in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, he comes up, and I'm like, "Hey, man, do you want to get a shirt?" And he's like, "You don't know who I am." And I went, "Oh, I think I have an idea now." <laughs> yeah. When and somebody he goes, says you don't know, that... he goes, "I'm the one that told you you're racist." I go, "Okay, what exactly did I say?" That was racist. Again, if he would have fired back at me, black people can't swim, Asians can't drive, Mexicans can't live alone, Indians can't shower, I'd have to go fair. But he just said, just what you said was racist. And the sisters behind me agreed. <laughs> and the there was sisters. a table of three black women behind him who were standing behind him in line. All three bought my shirt. Yeah, so... That's just, and he can't defend, he can't even give you a reason why. He's just saying it was racist. Because he heard the phrase inward. And again, it's always old white people who get offended for that shit. And it's never people of color who are offended by it. Because they, for one, they can take a fucking joke. It's just like the NAACP said, it's educating. And I yeah. just find it deliciously rich that that one group is like, well, we're mad at the NAACP now. Yeah. And, and his, that guy's reasoning was that uh, South Park used it in an educational way to teach a lesson, and then Don Imus just said it. <laughs> that was the whole argument. Uh, oh, God. What? We have a, a couple more, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, we have the That's episode. Uh, it Hits the Fan, which we talked about earlier. Season 5, episode 1. Uh, Weakest one on the list. Uh, making fun of the CBS drama Chicago Hopes, then recent airing of the word shit. They just said the word shit once. Uh, can you imagine like that being the highlight of your week? Like, like uh, uh, 
me and my wife uh, sat down to watch Chicago Hope because they're going to say the word shit. Yeah, if you and your wife are sitting down to watch Chicago Hope, I 100% believe that that is the highlight of your week. You got uh, more like Chicago No Hope. (laughs) Or more like Chicago Nope. (laughs) Where, yeah, it's just, I mean, at, at 2001... That was a stunt. Uh, let's check back with Nip- Nipple. Chicago Great White Hope. Nipplegate was uh, 2004. Uh, but to say the word shit on TV, but also like, can't you just say that to your friend and get the same effect? Yeah. Well, uh, but there's a bigger deal. It's like seeing the titty on TV. Yeah. You're watching the Super Bowl. You're not expecting a black titty. There it is. <laughs> and, uh, uh the best part of that whole South Park episode was the shit counter that they had in the corner of the screen. Yeah, which uh, here it says that they did 162 times. God bless them. So they, they went from Chicago Hope, which was on CBS, a broadcast channel, to Comedy Central, which is on cable that's different. And technically, you can do whatever you want on cable. It's People choose to self-censor uh, so that nobody you don't hear it from people. But uh, yeah, it was just... 162 times uh, was pretty funny. And at some point, there's just a guy saying, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> like, that sounds like uh, the audience is after my shows. <laughs> yeah. Sir, you're a racist. Shit, 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 shit. Uh, what was that- his material? Shit, shit, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Brick in your face. Shit, <laughs> shit. Well, and that's how you get like FX, FX and AMC. I remember... Uh, like the last couple seasons of Breaking Bad, you'd get a fuck thrown in every once in a while. And even then, that was like, you know, controversial. It, it, of course, it isn't now. It shouldn't have never been anyway, but it is what it is. Yeah, we're very uh, we're very relaxed in violence in this country, but very prudish when it comes to sex and language. Yeah. Uh, next episode, The Death Camp of Tolerance uh, came out 2002. Here's the gist of the episode. Mr. Garrison tries to get fired for being too gay so he can get a big payout. He brings in the the character that we all know now called Mr. Slave and puts a gerbil up his ass in front of a fourth (laughs) grade class. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. What is his name? What's the gerbil's name? uh, Lemmy Winks. Lemmy Winks. The the Lemmy Winks song is so fucking good. And then when he sees the frog, it's It's so... And then, you know, it's then the episode splits off to the fourth grade class. The kids go to the uh, Tolerance Museum and on to the death camp of Tolerance where they're forced to uh, finger paint pictures of racial harmony. But then it splits in between that and Lemmy Winks and Mr. Slave's ass where he encounters like three uh, spirits uh, how, teaching him how to get out of the ass. <laughs> Which, oh my god! To me, this is—I mean, besides the religion stuff, which you could be offended or not, depending on your religion. Just to have a gerbil in a man's ass for twenty-two minutes, scratching around—that could be the most offensive thing we talk about. No, not not even just in his ass on a journey in his ass <laughs> on a being journey led by whimsical creatures with, with like music and like uh, Irish ballads. I don't even know what you would call it. No, I was telling. That's good. That's a good. That's a good. That's right on the nose. Uh, so that that episode just makes me. That's so absurd. It just makes me laugh. Um, 
And then finally, we have the most recent one, which is from October 2019. So about six months ago, as as of this recording, the episode called uh, Banned in China pokes fun at China's strict censorship laws and ridicules Hollywood for shaping its entertainment to please the Chinese government. Beijing reportedly responded by deleting all the clips of the episodes and online discussions for the long-running comedy show. Uh, 2017... Uh, Winnie the Pooh was scrubbed from Chinese social media because people compared uh, Winnie the Pooh to Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping. I, I'm not saying that right. So, of course, South Park used that comparison in the episode. Uh, China's government has sought to wipe almost every episode of the show uh, off the uh, the Internet. So, Well, and the best part of that episode is Randy Marsh strangling and choking out to death Winnie the Pooh while staring at piglets. <laughs> well, it, again, <laughs> um, absurd. And also, you know, and this one is, it's only controversial because it's recent. This, I mean, this is six months ago, but... Uh, oh, bother. Oh, bother. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, uh, being, you know, slaves to money, a Comedy Central made Trey and Matt apologize, as Jesse Jackson would say apologize so here's their apology like the nba uh and in quotes it says national basketball association in case you don't know what that means like the nba we welcome the chinese censors into our homes and our hearts we too love money and more and more than freedom uh we too love money more than freedom and democracy z doesn't look like winnie the pooh at all Long live! I fucking love them. They should be running this country. Long live the great communist party of China. May this autumn <laughs> sorghum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? Question mark. God, it just dude, every literally everything they do, they will not. They will not do anything that's not their way, and and you can't fault them, like. You can't fault them for putting out, like, because it's not an apology. That's the best part of it. But, you know, somebody at Comedy Central was like, well, that's what we thought. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like when you apologize to something and your response is, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. I really did mean to. Are we good now? Like, it, there's no sincerity no, it's, to it. It's when, it's when you say, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sorry I'm right and you feel <laughs> that way. <laughs> Yeah, it's the most backhanded fucking apology. It's saying, I'm sorry you're a little bitch. Yeah. It's basically yeah. what it is. And that's the apology they should give to Comedy Central every time. Again, but are you going to turn down the money of 1.4 billion people? You got to be slaves to money. I get it. And, and, uh, yeah, uh, have, they, have they not made Comedy Central enough money? And Sure, I mean, but let me clarify, Brad. I cannot wait to be a slave to money. <laughs> No, I'm already I I'm already drafting up apologies of stuff I haven't said yet. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, you got some shit. You need the right to West Virginia. <laughs> uh, well, that the that's, entire South. That's presuming that's who I was betraying, bigot. <laughs> uh, I do have to wrap it up because my computer is going to die here in a minute. So plug your social media one more time. Brad Scott comedy, and I won't apologize for it. <laughs> and uh, you could tweet Brad and not get an apology. 
I'm yeah. sorry well, no, you feel that way, response. you little bitch. <laughs> Damn right. Nailed it. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, uh, you the listener. I'm talking to you sitting in your car. Uh, thanks for listening. And, They've uh, been I'll, quiet on this episode. I know. Well, maybe next time I'll Skype somebody Am I in. the most requested guest? There was one tweet that said I should be on this show. Am I the most requested? You and then uh, at Tony Foxworthy gets a lot of requests. Well, yeah, because he's on every other fucking episode. They just want to make sure he's okay. <laughs> Tone, are you good? Are we good, China? Uh, that would so, be great if Tony just spoke up now. I was like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm good. Thanks, guys. Uh, so thanks for being on the show, and thank you to the listener. Oh, also, check out Subjective Comedy. And uh, Subjective Comedy is your podcast. Yes, and we're actually getting ready to launch a new sub-series within Subjective Comedy called Subjective Movies, where I will talk to people about a movie that they choose. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good show. Like, not a big audience, but a good show. Like most of my career. Like the first two seasons of Seinfeld. Well, I, I oh, guess that's, they, that's you were low. saying they're shitty, so uh, it's check it out is what I'm saying. I'm the issuing the apology problem. now. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for being on the show, on. man. Sorry you feel that way. <laughs> See you, man. See you, bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you could just do me a quick favor, whatever platform you listen to the field trip on, just give me a positive review for the show. If you don't mind, and if you could tell a friend about the show, that would be even better. If you want to know more about me, brentcomedy.com is the website and updated tour schedules over there. Uh, so links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can pick up your emotional support beer koozies over there. And if you want a shirt that I've been wearing in one of my videos, go to teespring.com and search for Brent Terhune. Uh, all that stuff is right there on the website. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next field trip. <laughs>